good afternoon. Thank you for being back in your place this afternoon. If you would stand, we'll get started with our service. Psalms 148 says, Praise ye the Lord, praise ye the Lord from the heavens, praise him in the heights. Praise ye him, all his angels, praise ye him, all his hosts. Praise ye him, sun and moon, praise him, all ye stars of light. Praise him, ye heavens of heavens, and ye waters that be above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for he commanded, and they were created. He hath also established them forever and ever. He hath made a decree which shall not pass. Praise the Lord from the earth, ye dragons and all deeps. Fire and hail, snow and vapor, stormy winds fulfilling his word, mountains and all hills, fruitful trees and all cedars, beasts and all cattle, creeping things and flying fowl, kings of the earth and all people, princes and all judges of the earth, both young men and maidens, old men and children. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is excellent. His glory is above the earth and heaven. He also exalted the horn of his people, the praise of all his saints, even as the children of Israel, a people near unto him, praise ye the Lord. I don't know about you, but it sounds like he wants us to praise him. All right, so join us in singing after we pray. Uh, Brother Tom, would you open us in word prayer? Join me in singing page 208, Grace Greater Than Our Sin.
I'm now going to sing page 245. The old account was settled.
chapter number three. There is a note in the bulletin about it, but I wanted to thank you as well for everyone that participated in uh, helping in uh, so many different ways for the youth rally on Friday and had um, about um, uh, total attendance, about 120 or so, and uh, give or take a few. And so appreciated the opportunity for us to host that and be able to hopefully um, uh, impact some lives of the youth of the Kansas City area. And so uh, thank you all, though, for helping. I couldn't have done it by myself. And so uh, it was uh, mostly due to you all helping that uh, it was able to uh, be what it was. And so I thank you so much for that. First Samuel chapter number three. And uh, we'll read just the first ten verses, but we'll look at the whole chapter uh, this afternoon. And so First Samuel chapter number three and uh, verse number one. <clears throat> and the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli. And the word of the Lord was precious in those days. There was no open vision. And it came to pass at that time when Eli was laid down in his place and his eyes began to wax dim that he could not see. And ere the lamp of God went out in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was and Samuel was laid down to sleep that the Lord called Samuel and he answered, here am I. And he ran unto Eli and said, here am I for thou callest me. And he said, I called not lie down again. And he went and lay down and the Lord called yet again, Samuel. And Samuel rose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for thou didst call me. And he answered, I called not my son, lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, neither was the word of the Lord yet revealed unto him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. And he rose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for thou didst call me. And Eli perceived that the Lord had called the child. Therefore Eli said unto Samuel, Go, lie down, and it shall be, if he, shall, if he call thee, that thou shalt say, Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. And the Lord came and stood, and called as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel answered, Speak, for thy servant heareth. And then the rest of the chapter we find what the Lord told Samuel and how Samuel responded to it. And so we'll uh, consider that this afternoon as we think about the second part of the message of making of a prophet. Father, thank you so much for the opportunity to gather again this afternoon. And I ask that you would please uh, help us as we look again at your word, uh, that you would please speak to our hearts. And uh, Lord, we'll find some, hopefully, uh, hopefully we'll find some help through this account of the life of Samuel and uh, Lord, we love you and are grateful. I ask you to help me as I preach. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, obviously, uh, I'm sure that most of you have heard this uh, as uh, preached to children, right? And children's responsibility uh, to uh, hear from the Lord and the, uh, the ways that God can use a child. And uh, obviously, that's a, that's a direct thing that happens in the passage. Uh, but I also think that there's some good stuff for adults here, too. Uh, otherwise, I would have skipped over it. Um, but we're not skipping over it today. So uh, I think there's some good stuff for adults too, that, that the way that Samuel responded to the word of the Lord uh, holds great weight in how we should respond to the word of the Lord. 
And so uh, as we look through this story, we find uh, uh, just, of course, from this morning, you remember that uh, Eli's sons and Elkanah's son were contrasted very much, that uh, Eli's sons, Hophni and Phinehas, uh, were wicked priests. They were wicked. They, uh, they had uh, affairs with people uh, at the tabernacle. They took more than what God had commanded or allowed for them to take, and they were wicked, and God said that they were very sinful. And because of Eli's lack of... Uh, uh, lack of responsibility over them and because of their own sin, uh, God said that He would take away uh, their influence, that He would take away the office of priest from, from that family and give it to another family uh, within, the, uh, within the tribe of Levi of the, uh, of the family of Aaron. And so we see that, uh, that not only uh, was it taken away from them, but we find the honor that God placed upon Samuel's life because Samuel did what God wanted, not what he wanted. And uh, we see an instance of that here in chapter number 3. And so uh, we'll go through the chapter here and hopefully make a, uh, a couple of applications and then we'll, we'll be through. And so we find the first 10 verses that we read that Samuel was sensitive to God's leading. Samuel was sensitive to God's leading. Uh, we find the child ministered unto the Lord before Eli. Eli was helping train him in the ways of the Lord and the things of the tabernacle and the, uh, the things that he was supposed to do. And we find a very uh, interesting situation in verse number 1 of chapter 3. And that's this, that the word of the Lord was precious in those days. There was no open vision. Uh, and so we find that the Lord had, had, had stopped talking on a regular basis to the people of Israel. Uh, it was precious, not so much that, uh, that it was highly regarded, uh, though that is certainly the case, but it was also highly regarded and it was precious because it didn't happen very often. Uh, it was not that God was regularly talking to the people of Israel. And uh, you recall that 1 Samuel uh, is immediately following the book of Judges. And you recall the wickedness that takes place over the entire land of Israel through the book of Judges. And so you find that there was not even really a place that God could have talked if He wanted to. Right? It really wasn't like they were even ready to hear from God. And so the, the word of the Lord was precious, and there was no open vision. He didn't, he didn't come very often. He didn't talk. And, and when he did, uh, it was very important. And, and we find that he did talk. He, he said some things even in 1 Samuel. And so we find then, verse number 2, it came to pass, it, kind of setting up the scene here. It came to pass at that time when Eli was laid down in his place, and his eyes began to wax dim that he could not see. Uh, and ere the lamp of God went out in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was, and Samuel was laid down to sleep. And so... Eli's getting really old. We read that in chapter number two. Eli's getting really, really old, and he's beginning to go blind, and and so he he's uh, is get, coming near to the end of his physical life. And uh, we see that he lays down to go to sleep. The uh, the duties of the day are finished, and uh, everything that needs to be done has been completed. And so he lays down to go to sleep, and where in his sleeping quarters, and Samuel goes, and Samuel lays down, and uh, we find that uh, as Samuel goes to lay down to sleep that he hears an unfamiliar voice. It was not a bad voice to hear, but Samuel didn't know what kind of voice it was. He didn't know where it came from because he had not heard from the Lord ever in his life. 
And Eli had not really heard from the Lord either in his life. And so Eli, we'll, we'll see that in just, uh, just a second, that Eli didn't even know who the voice was. And so verse number three, uh, verse number four, the Lord called unto Samuel and he answered, uh, here am I. He, he just heard a voice and uh, Samuel would have been, uh, would have been uh, very, uh, very aware of and he would have been ready to hear from uh, Eli. He assumed that that's who was calling him, right? I mean, that was who was training him. And so if Eli was calling him, then Samuel Samuel would have been ready. He would have said, here am I. What, what do you need me to do, Eli? He was, he was a big help to Eli. And so he goes and he runs to Eli, verse number 5. And, and I'm sure that you're familiar with the story, so just, just hang with me. But uh, he ran to Eli and said, here am I, for thou callest me. And he said, I didn't call you. Go lay down. Go, go back to sleep, kid. And uh, how many of you uh, currently have kids that have trouble sleeping? Yeah, I'm raising my hand. Right? You just go, just go back to sleep, please. Just please go back to sleep, right? Right? That's, I'm sure Eli, in his old age, he's got a little youngster running around. He's like, kid, just go, just go back to sleep, okay? Go lay down on the floor on your mat and just, just please go to sleep. Right? That's what Eli's saying here. He called, he, and so Samuel does. He goes and he lays down. In verse number six, the Lord called yet again. He calls him a second time, Samuel. Right, that's, that's my God voice. It's not very good. Uh, but he calls Samuel. And uh, so Samuel, he, he says, well, well, here am I. He goes to Eli. Eli must have called him, right? Eli must have because that's who would call him to help him. And so he goes to Eli, says, uh, and so Samuel says, here am I. And Eli says, no, go, go back to sleep. Go back to sleep. And so he goes, he goes yet and uh, lays down again, verse number 7. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, neither was the word of the Lord yet revealed unto him. Now this has two things. It's number one, uh, as was mentioned at the beginning, that the word of the Lord was precious, right? There was no open vision. So it was not that Samuel or really Eli would have heard the voice of the Lord a lot to have recognized it. Uh, there should have been some familiarity, uh, but there was, there was not any real knowledge uh, of, of, in a personal way, of what God sounded like. And so, uh, you know, Eli's not entirely at fault, uh, but he is at some fault because uh, he was training Samuel. It was his responsibility to train Samuel in the things of God, uh, to train, to help Samuel to listen for God, just in case he ever did talk. Because the, the word of the Lord is precious, it didn't come very often, but they should have been ready to hear at any time. And Eli should have taught Samuel that, but he didn't. And he, now he had another chance, though. So verse number 8, the Lord called Samuel again the third time. And he arose and he went to Eli and said, Here am I, for thou didst call me. And Eli perceived that the Lord had called the child. It finally clicks on the third time. Oh, you know what? It wasn't me that was calling it. It wasn't me that was calling Samuel. Samuel wasn't calling himself. There's nobody here, so it must have been God. Process of elimination, right? It must have been him. And so he says, you know what, it's the Lord. And so Eli tells Samuel, verse number 9, Eli says unto Samuel, Go lie down, and it shall be, if he call thee, that thou shalt say, this is what you do. When God calls you, when God is speaking to you, this is what you say. Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. And so Samuel goes and lays down again. Verse number 10, the Lord came and stood and called as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel answered, speak, for thy servant heareth. And notice what it says there in verse 10, that, that the Lord came and stood. He stood by him in the same room as Samuel. That would have been extraordinarily precious. Because it wasn't just that God spoke audibly to a prophet and the prophet delivered the words to the people. The Lord it said that we have a personification here, that the Lord came and he stood right next to Samuel. Samuel, Samuel, and Samuel says, speak for thy servant hears. Now notice the difference. What did Eli tell him to say? 
speak, Lord, for thy servant hears. But Samuel says, speak for thy servant hears. Why would he not say the same thing that Eli told him to say? Well, he didn't have a, a real relationship with God yet. But he was willing to hear from him. He was willing to hear. And so he says, speak for thy servant hears. And uh, here's what we have, the message that, that God gives to Samuel. It's a pretty scary message. Let's read it. Uh, verse number 11. The Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I will do a thing in Israel, at which both the ears of every one that heareth it shall tingle. In that day I will perform against Eli all things which I have spoken concerning his house, and when I begin I will also make an end. For I have told him that I will judge his house forever for the iniquity which he knoweth, because his sons made themselves vile, and he restrained them not. And therefore I have sworn unto the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be purged with sacrifice nor offering forever. Now imagine if you're like a six, seven, eight-year-old guy and a little kid, and the Lord himself comes and talks to you, and he says this, Hey, the person that's watching you uh, knows about all this wickedness, and I'm just going to judge him, and I'm just going to destroy him. And by the way, I want you to go tell that to him. Yikes. That's a scary thing. That'd be a scary thing for me to tell someone my own age that. It'd be scary for me to tell somebody younger than me that, right? That, that's a scary thing. This, hey, you know what? God's going to kill you and your entire family. That's scary. And Samuel's an 8 to 10 year old kid. And he's supposed to go to Eli, the high priest, and say this message. So what does Samuel do? He goes, he goes and does it. Look at verse number 15. Samuel lay until the morning and opened the doors of the house of the Lord, and Samuel feared to show Eli the vision. I get that. That's scary. Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, my son, and he answered, Here am I. And he said, What is the thing that the Lord hath said unto thee? I pray thee, hide it not from me. Notice this. He's kind of threatening the little kid, right? God do so to thee and more if thou hide anything from me of all the things that he said unto thee. That's rough. That's a rough thing for a kid to hear, right? That's a rough thing for anybody to hear, let alone somebody that's about to give a very negative message to the person who's raised him. But we notice that in the first ten verses that Samuel was sensitive to God's leading, but we see here that Samuel faithfully conveyed the message that was given to him. Faithfully, every word. Notice in verse number uh, verse number 18. And Samuel told him every wit. All the words that God said. Every single one. Let's read the words again. Because it's a scary message. Behold, I will do a thing in Israel at which both the ears of everyone that heareth it shall tingle. It will, be so, uh, it will just be so mind-blowing that your, that your ears will be, it's a word picture, right? That uh, it's like your mind will be blown. Their ears will tingle uh, just because of how uh, outstanding this message is. Because of the thing that God is going to do, it's going to be so crazy, right? That the ears of everyone that heareth it shall tingle. In that day I will perform against Eli all things which I have spoken concerning his house. This is what now Samuel is relaying to Eli. That's what God had told to Samuel. So Samuel is telling this to Eli. In that day, God will, uh, will say it like Samuel will say, In that day, God will perform against you all things that he has spoken concerning your house. When he begins, he will also make an end. For, for he has told you that he would judge your house forever for the iniquity which, he, which you know. Because your sons made themselves vile, and you restrained them not. Right? Therefore God has sworn to, the, to your house... 
that the iniquity of your house shall not be purged with sacrifice or offering forever. What a message that little Samuel gave to the high priest of Israel, high priest of Israel, Eli. But Samuel faithfully conveyed it. Every word, every single one. Notice what happened when he obeyed God. Samuel, verse number 18, Samuel told him every wit and hid nothing from him. And he said, it is the Lord. Let him do what seemeth him good. And Samuel grew and the Lord was with him. The Lord was with him. And did let none of his words fall to the ground. And all Israel, from Dan even to Beersheba, knew that Samuel was established to be a prophet of the Lord. And the Lord appeared again in Shiloh, for the Lord revealed himself to Samuel in in Shiloh by the word of the Lord. And then the first part of chapter 4, and the word of Samuel came, uh, came to all Israel. And so we find this, that because Samuel was sensitive to God's leading, and because he faithfully conveyed the message fully that he was supposed to, that God established him as a prophet, that God established him as a person of God. That God established him in the sight of all Israel. Notice that uh, it said that Samuel grew, the Lord was with him. That, that's, that's a pretty new thing for anybody in Israel. People served God. And we find right in chapter 2 that there was a man of God that came. So there were people that served God. But for somebody to say that the Lord was with him was a pretty rare thing. But it happened to Samuel. Samuel had the Lord with him. And also it says this, and did that none of his words fall to the ground. What that means is this, that whatever Samuel said, that's what happened. If Samuel pronounced something, it was going to happen. If Samuel said something was not going to happen, it wasn't going to happen. If Samuel was going to try to heal somebody and he said the words that they were going to be healed, that person would be healed. Uh, I think he probably could have gone as far as even as Elijah the prophet, that if Samuel had said, I don't want there to be any rain for the next three years like Elijah prayed, then that would have happened. Because he had been established as a prophet, that whatever that, that none of his words would fall to the ground. None of his words would be in vain. None of his words would be empty. And God established him as a prophet. God said, I'm going to use you, Samuel. I'm going to use you because you were sensitive to what I wanted and you did what I wanted. You heard from me and you did the thing. To be effectively used by God, we must be sensitive to his leading and faithful to his word. I think if I were to ask, everyone would raise their hand. You don't have to. But how many of you would say, I want to be used by God? I sure, I sure hope that everyone would raise their hand. I certainly do. I, I hope that God would use me. But being used of God is, is not, not just some big, massive thing where our names get on billboards and, and we have a million social media followers and, and all that stuff. That's not how God uses people. God uses people when we are sensitive to his leading and faithful to his word, and he is with us, and we can see him do great and mighty things. That's how he uses people. But it starts with this. It starts with being sensitive to what he says. It starts with honoring him instead of honoring ourselves. So that's why these things, this chapter 2 and 3 ties in together. Because Samuel could have just went back to sleep and not said anything. He could have just hid himself away. You know what, Eli... Uh, you know, I went and uh, I answered, but, you know, God didn't want me to do anything. He just, he just wanted to know that I was there. He could have done that, but he didn't. He was sensitive to God's leading, and he was faithful to his word. And because of that, 
Samuel saw God do great and mighty things. God exalted Samuel and gave him credibility among all the people. Uh, Notice again, uh, verse number 20. And all Israel, from Dan even to Beersheba, from the most northern to the most southern place, basically all the entire Israel, everybody in the entire country knew that Samuel was established to be a prophet of the Lord. Everyone knew it. He was a household name. Oh, Samuel? Yeah, that's the prophet. He's the one that God uses. He's the one that God is with. He's the one that is sensitive to what God wants. He's he's the one that whatever he says goes. That none of his words fall to the ground. He's a household name. God used him in a great and special way because he honored the Lord instead of himself. Unlike Hophni and Phinehas, they honored themselves and what happened to them? Their house was cut off. They were judged by the Lord very severely. But Samuel said, I'm going to honor him and him alone. And because of that, he was established to be a prophet. And the Lord appeared again in Shiloh. Notice verse 21. The Lord appeared again in Shiloh. For the Lord revealed himself to Samuel in Shiloh by the word of the Lord. Not only did Samuel get to experience God personally one time, but two times. That's, that's even more rare for anybody in Scripture in the Old Testament. But Samuel got to experience it because he honored not himself, but he honored God. Notice again, I'm going to repeat the, the, the uh, quote from this morning about what it means to honor God, because I, I want us to get this again. To, to honor God means this. It does not necessarily imply doing great things for him. It is rather the consistently maintained attitude of heart, which refers every choice to his judgment. It measures every value by his standard and endeavors to make every incident of life contribute to the glorifying of his name. That was certainly Samuel's life. Everything that Samuel did was for him. Everything Samuel did was for his name. Everything Samuel did was measured by what God desires. Everything. And I hope that's the same for you. Because that's how God uses people. When we honor him with our life instead of honoring ourselves. Father, thank you so much for everything you've given to us. And Lord, I know this is a little bit shorter uh, of a message. But uh, Lord, I hope that it will still go to heart. And uh, Lord, I I hope that you will help us to understand that we have a responsibility as a people of you uh, that we would be honoring to you and not to ourself, uh, because that's how you, that's why you desire to use us is when we honor you. And uh, Lord, I ask you would please help us once again in this time of invitation, uh, that we would submit ourselves to being sensitive to your leading, and not only that, but being faithful to deliver your word and faithful to obey your word uh, when it's given to us. Lord, we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. As we all stand together, the piano begins to play. When you hear from God, when you hear from God in the word, through the preaching, through your Bible reading, are you faithful to do it? Are you faithful to obey the word? Are you, are you sensitive to his leading? As Jay sings, I have decided to follow Jesus. The Lord spoke into your heart. Do business with him.
thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. Please be in prayer uh, for Pastor as he's in Spokane preaching a uh, revival meeting there. And uh, we'll have uh, Brother Stephen come with the rest of our announcements. And uh, hope you all have a good afternoon. All right, so several announcements uh, to go over. Patch Pirate class will start uh, this Wednesday. If you have any questions, feel free to ask me, and I might have an answer for you. I might not. I'll make one up if I don't. Uh, business meeting, uh, September 18th, and then there's a ladies' meeting at Sombreros on the 23rd at 530. And we have special guest speaker with us, John Roy, on September 25th. Outreach, October 1st at 9 o'clock. And then revival coming up very quick, October uh, second through fifth with Brother Bruce Humbert. Looking forward to that. It's been a good day in the Lord's house today. Richard, would you close us in prayer, please?